everybody. Welcome back to Coach's Corner. So this is really part two to an episode. We didn't know we were going to do part two to, but last week, Steph and I recorded an episode on inner child and some things that were coming up for us. Go back and listen to that one if you haven't before we listen to this one. And we got a lot of questions and feedback on, okay, break this down for me. How did you know your inner child was triggered? What did you do about it? How did you shift it? How, 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 how? (laughs) So in this episode, we answer the how. And we are going to go way deeper on the how in our free three-day workshop that's coming up February 6th, 7th, and 8th called Journey to Joy, where we teach you how to reconnect with your inner child and awaken your authentic self. Like I said, it's happening February 6th, 7th, and 8th at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern. I am so excited about this workshop. I'm already working on the worksheets and everything that we're going to teach you. It's going to be highly experiential it's going to be really, really, really powerful. So join us. The replays are available. If you can't make it live again, christinehaster.com slash joy. Before we dive in, I want to thank my sponsor Organifi. Love Organifi. Love their products. I don't know if you can hear, but I'm a little bit under the weather and it really isn't getting that bad because I've upped my Organifi. (laughs) I've had more green juice, more red juice, more immunity, more of the gold blend because that has lots of turmeric, a lot of anti-inflammatory properties. And, you know, I kind of just turned it into a little head cold, not so bad. And I know a big reason is because of what I put in my body. So if you are looking for an easy way to upgrade your health and in a way from a company that you can trust, I highly recommend getting your Organifi products. My favorites, like I said, are green juice, red juice, their immunity blend, and gold. They have lots of other options, protein powders, collagen supplements. I I really, really love it all. You can get 20% off any of your orders, not just your first order, whenever you go to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash over it, or use promo code over it at checkout for 20% of your order. All right. And now on to my conversation with my husband, Stephanos Savandos. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Coach's Corner. I have my most popular guest back with me. (laughs) I'm the most popular guest. In my eyes, you're the most popular guest. You're definitely the most frequent guest. And you're super easy to schedule, which is great. (laughs) I'm not easy to schedule. Well, easier because I can just, we we had a cancellation. We're like, okay, let's jump on and do this podcast. You're close proximity, which is great. So we are back because we got a lot of feedback and questions from last week's episode that we did on inner child work and why it's so important and why it matters so much. And people were really curious about how exactly our inner child gets triggered and how do we know it's the inner child and what do we do about it? So last week we gave an example of something that was going on with Athena that was related to something that was going on between us. And we had a moment of clarity where we both are like, all right, we need to get out of our wounded inner child and get back in our grown up self and like not perpetuate this drama <laughs> that we were in. So I thought it'd be useful rather than talking in theory is to really speak more specifically by using our own lives. Because maybe if we share more specifically about what was happening within each of our inner children, it will put on some light bulbs for others. What do you think? Yeah, let's let's dive in. 
So if you didn't listen to last week's episode, go back and listen to it because we're not going to repeat the whole story. But basically we were in, I would say, an unhealthy pattern in our relationship that was familiar, that we've gone in times before where we just are not, we're, we're coexisting together, but we're not really connected. We're not really having fun. We're not in the best moods. It's a really lovely pattern. I highly recommend it. <laughs> so I'll share what was going on for me. You know, what was happening for my inner child is I, I felt very unseen. Like I felt like I was having to hold a lot and didn't feel like I was being held myself. And that comes back to my, some of my inner child wounding um, of feeling like as an empath and a highly sensitive child, there was just a lot I was feeling and holding and didn't feel like I was always getting the support that, that I really needed. I think that the other aspect of inner child wounding that was coming up for me when I feel like Steph pulls away and is in his own world and is in my mind coming from my more wounded self being selfish, I feel very alone. And so that inner child feels very, very alone and very much like I'm on my own in the world. And so basically screw everybody else. I just got to take care of myself. And so what was happening for my inner child is she didn't feel safe. She didn't feel seen she didn't feel supported. She felt very, very, very alone. And the way she protected herself in the past was just to basically invert, to go deeper within, to withdraw, to just go into her own mind, her own heart as a protection zone because she didn't want to get hurt any further. So that's the place I was in. Do you want to share where you were? So the end result is very similar for both of us where it's easier for me to be alone. It's safer to be alone, to be within my own self, within my own heart, within my own mind. And what was arising for me in terms of where my, my wounded inner child was coming from was a sense of I don't matter, I'm not important enough, I didn't feel appreciated and there was deep sadness associated with that and so that was the, the, the withdrawal. Felt really sad a lot as a kid, uh, felt very much misunderstood uh, felt again that that feeling or that sense of being misunderstood lent itself to I don't matter, I'm not important enough, I'm not valuable enough. Also, my parents fighting all the time, or at least a lot, and Christine and I fighting, meaning that my needs weren't met as an individual. So they weren't met as a child when my parents were fighting, and now that two adults are fighting. Me, obviously, and my wife, the little one within me, again, just doesn't matter. So a lot of that was coming up as well. So I talked about how I withdraw. You tend to get more overt, more aggressive, more spicy, as I'll say. What my little girl's words would be mean. You just get mean to me. I don't like it when you're mean to me. Yeah, you're very cute when you say that Don't like it. (laughs) Not nice. (laughs) You're very cute when you say it now. Uh, Play this recording next time you're mean. (laughs) Oh, it's so cute. (laughs) That's a later affliction for me. So that's not so much a a little boy. That's more an early teenager. That's where that started. Still a child. Yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. But I want to create that distinction because it was an evolved pattern. Because as a little little boy, for me, it was very difficult to be angry. 
as a teenager, it became easier to be angry, largely because of my physiology was just changing so much. I almost didn't have much control of it, but I had so much repressed anger. I mentioned earlier that I was very sad and that that was very true, but there was also a lot of anger underneath that sadness as well. And on top of it, it was everywhere. I just, I was pushing it away. And so that then became a dominant reaction for me is to get very angry. And that's how I protected myself. So I would do both. I would withdraw and, and, and I'd push away and, and feel isolated and alone by getting really angry because that would push people away. Obviously in this case, it would push you away. And so as long as that's happening, then I'm safe. Yeah. So maybe let's just turn it back to you, my dear listener. What happens for you in relationship? It doesn't necessarily have to be romantic relationship, but what happens for you in your life? It could even be in your relationship with your parents today. You know, your inner child could get activated. So when you're in any kind of tense situation or when you are triggered in any way, what happens to your inner child? Do they withdraw? Do they like sabotage? Do they go into rescuing and trying to people please to make everything okay? You know, one thing that I fall into sometimes is the martyr archetype. And this was something that was modeled for me and is modeled for so many of us, not necessarily from our family of origin, but that's likely where it comes from, but also just the world. And as a, as a girl, So I saw so many women being martyrs for their family of like, I'll just carry everything and do it all on my own and no one else can do it. And, you know, so there's, there's archetypes that we fall into as well. So really think about that. Like what is your patterning that most likely is coming from inner child wounding? And when we say inner child wounding, what we mean by that is what, either what happened, you know, what were the challenging, traumatic events that happened to you, everything from abuse to moving to parents getting divorced to bullying, but also to like what needs were not met, right? Because there's things that happened and that were done to us. And then there are the things that never happened that we actually needed. You know, perhaps you never really were made to feel safe and seen. Perhaps your expression, your creativity was never nurtured. Perhaps your sexuality was never accepted. What are the things that never really happened? Did you ever feel worthy? Did you ever feel beautiful? Did you ever feel like anyone was proud of you? So really consider, you know, both what were the things that happened and what were the things that you didn't get, that didn't happen, that you truly needed? Because that will give you clues and insight into how on a subconscious level, you're continuing to seek out those needs. But the problem is you're seeking them out from people that remind you of your family of origin or the people that didn't give you those needs in the first place because your subconscious mind slash inner child is like, oh, this person seems a lot like my dad or my mom or whoever. I'm going to go see if I can get the acceptance or a feeling of pride from this person because they're so much like my father or whoever. And we all know what ends up happening is we just realize that, you know, we're basically seeking something from a person similar to a person in our past that never could give us that. And this new person in our present that is like the person in our past is not likely to give that thing either. So this is why inner child work is so, so important and so essential to our healing because we can't escape not getting the things we truly needed in childhood. Time does not heal all wounds. 
And our inner child is constantly and consistently trying to seek that out. So let's turn it back to us. So my inner child is consistently seeking consistency, safety, like really feeling seen and supported for who I am, like not needing to be a chameleon or needing to be a certain way to handle anyone else's feelings. And also my inner child really longs to be around people, primarily other adults who can regulate themselves, who can process their own emotions, who are emotionally intelligent, emotionally available and regulated. That's something that my inner child really needs. And the person she needs it most from is myself. And the person I need it second the most from is my husband, because without that, she doesn't feel safe and she tends to act up. And the way she tends to act up is being critical, withdrawing, being snippy, being hypervigilant. And that's when I know, uh uh-oh, inner child really needs some attention here. And so first and foremost, I tend to her. So like back to the example that we used with Athena, I really could feel that my inner child was running the show. And so hand on heart, taking a deep breath, feeling my feet on the floor, I basically said to her, I got this. Like I, you will not live in an unhappy marriage. You will not live in a, not chaotic, but not super great family either. Like you will have a happy home, a peaceful home, a regulated home that you can really thrive in. And I will create that for you. And I, you know, broke out of the pattern of my inner child running the show and really stepped forward as the the matriarch of the family. But first I had to tell her I, I would do it. And then I actually had to do it because that's key with inner child healing. You, you listen to what they need. You, you know, say you're going to do it and then you have to follow through. Otherwise you continue to perpetuate distrust with the inner child and a feeling of abandonment and neglect, which you don't want to do. So that was my little process. What was, what was your journey through this? Well, may, may help to, to share what I was experiencing as you just did now as well. And, and very similar things. I, I craved consistency and safety growing up as well. And I craved to be understood and I craved for peace, peacefulness in the home and, and really didn't, didn't have that. And so when you are, you and I are in conflict there's really a part of me that's perpetuating that. It's an unhealed part of me that's perpetuating that because it's familiar. Right. And the confusion in my nervous system and in my my mind is that because it's familiar, it's safe and I'm seeking safety. Therefore, I'm getting the thing that I actually desire. But that's not necessarily true, of course. And so another big thing that I craved growing up, and I'll just focus on this one as opposed to focusing on those that are similar because you've articulated that already, is freedom. And for me, growing up, uh, really being enmeshed with my mother and entangled, emotionally entangled and parentified in that dynamic, it was very challenging and and I felt very constricted. And so I associated that constriction with the fighting, with the violence, with the conflict. And so when you and I are getting in conflict as adults or even in previous relationships that I was in, I'd associate that conflict with, oh, there's my freedom being taken away from me again. And so what would I do? I would shut down, I would withdraw, and I'd become aggressive, and that would protect me. And so during our process very specifically, I had to pause and just create some space to really notice that. And as we shared last 
week or last podcast yeah, together, good. yeah, we we really had a, a reckoning, a deep reckoning, and we really made a decision to not be like that with each other. And in doing so, that created the space that I needed to let my little boy know that, and we have this saying, and I think I heard this from you originally, that was then, this is now. Mm-hmm. So I had to remind my little boy that you and I are not my parents. And we may be afflictions or some some mirroring of that, but we're not them. So fundamentally we can be different. And I had to remind him that you're not seeking to uh, enmesh me, enmesh with me at all. You're not seeking to unconsciously. I really do not project. want to do that. <laughs> no, of course not. You're not seeking to unconsciously project all of your pain or your burden or your, your fears upon me. You're wanting to reconcile. You're wanting to be together. You're wanting to co-create. And I just had to remind him of that. And in that in that remembering, I was able to ease up a little bit. And as I eased up, I became less aggressive and less protective. And as I became less protective, I also noticed you let your guard down more as well. And so being able to have, make these small steps towards a newer version of self and in the same process and at the same time, virtually the same time, witness the difference in how you respond and how I then respond and instead of feeding off each other, for lack of a better term, negatively and spiraling down into the into our shadows and into our wounded right, inner child. Like trigger triggering each other back yeah, and forth. Instead back of and doing forth, that, we were activating each other healthily. Calling each other forward. Yeah. Yeah. Because we were showing each other that there is a different way to be. And I had to remind that little boy that I do have freedom. I do have freedom in how I can be. I don't have to choose to be hyperprotective in the form of aggression or push back or push away that I can still be in my freedom because I choose to be here and I can still ask for what I want. I can still make requests because he, you know, my little boy, I was very shut down. I didn't have the opportunity to make requests, but with you, I have the opportunity to make requests. So I had to remember that as well. And then I had to show him that by actually making requests of you and then witnessing you listen to those requests and process those requests and have a conversation with me and get curious because all of that untangles my belief or perception that I don't have a voice, which is also part of my wounding. Mm-hmm. Was. And we're going to – we're going to still. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd say yeah. it's still there. Yeah, well, I mean, on that as well, just I think this could be an interesting point. I mean, look at what I do in the world. Look at the way in which I use my voice. I felt voiceless as a child. Now, I mean, even in my website it says, I can't remember the exact terminology, but I want to be a voice for the voiceless. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really, when I see injustice, because I felt so much injustice growing up, it really, it makes me angry. I get upset. I get sad. I get all the big feelings, mm-hmm. right? And But even again, what I do in the world, I help people transmute their own pain. I support them on their own journey, which is something that I deeply yearned for as a child as well. Now, even though, and this is important, I think, to say, even though, I feel I've done a tremendous amount of healing in this area of my life. If anything, I'm more inspired and motivated to continue the work that I do just because I'm healing these parts of me and have healed so much of it. doesn't mean I don't want to keep doing this work. It just means the come from is different now. Yeah. Well, and I'd even say getting angry about injustice is an inner child reaction. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. As, as I said earlier, like I, yeah. I just felt so much injustice. Yeah. Yeah. How do you think you'd respond to injustice if that part 
of your little boy was more integrated and healed? Well, the, the truth is, to be very real, is I still can get and do get even most recently um, can get very angry around injustice. Yeah. And I feel it in my body. It's not just a, a cognitive thought. Oh, I'm really angry. I really feel that tension blood in my boils, body. Yeah. 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 My heart rate races. I, I feel the call to action. I feel I feel the immediate threat as if it's the immediate threat of what I'm reading or what I'm speaking to or conversing with someone else on is right here, right now. The actual physical mm-hmm. threat is is endangering, endangering my life, the injustice. And so if my if my if I was more integrated in that way. Which, 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 by the way, it happens. I'm just not consistently integrated with it. But if I was more consistently integrated with it, what would happen is that I would be regulated in my nervous system. I'd be able to be more creative and thoughtful around solutions. I'd be more... Proactive in- rather than reactive. Correct. I'd be more intentional around uh, listening mm-hmm. and, and really asking questions around what this injustice is and looking at it from various angles as opposed to capturing the threat that I perceive is there because it resembles injustice to my little boy. And so he has to be very on guard and activated. And in those moments when I do get the opportunity to, I'll work with that part of me that feels very threatened in the moment to, again, really regulate my nervous system, calm down my physiology so that I can be more present to what's unraveling and also learn and grow from that moment too and not not fully go into the reaction so that it doesn't keep repeating itself. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing all that. I think I hope light bulbs are going off for people and you're connecting some dots and we're going to break this down even more so for you in the free three-day workshop we have coming up February 6th, 7th, and 8th at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Central Time. It's only for about 60 or 90 minutes every day, so it's over the course of three days, but it's not three whole days. And like I said, it's totally free, and you can join us at christinehassler.com slash joy. And we're going to be, like I said, breaking down so much of what we're talking about into, okay, these are the steps. This is what you do. Um, We're also going to be helping you even – know what your inner child is and how to connect with it. Because I think a lot of you may think, oh, I don't even have childhood memories. I can't even access my inner child. I'll be guiding you through a very powerful visualization to help you really connect to that inner child. And for those of you who already have that connection, we'll help you connect deeper. But we're going to be giving you a lot of very tangible, experiential things because we know firsthand both in our own lives and from coaching people collectively for over 40 years that inner child work it is fundamental. You really can't get to where you want to go in life or where it's possible for you to go until you do this kind of work. And it's not about rehashing your past. It's about really relating to it different and and healing your past. Just back to our journey for a moment, you know, when you were talking about what your little boy really wants, that's so what I want from you. Not even my little girl, but just me as your wife. Like I want to be free of a heavy energy. You know, I want to be free of chaos and inconsistency and reactivity and anger outbursts and, and all of those things that we both grew up with in our different ways. And so a lot of like what the inner child is yearning for 
yes, we want to give to ourselves, but it's also, it shows us what we as adults really need as well, because the needs of a child are actually really healthy needs <laughs> to feel safe, to feel seen, to feel loved, to feel validated, to have consistency and to have repair. You know, if you look at John Gottman's research, both in marriage and with kids, it's not about being perfect. It's about repair, you know? And so parents aren't perfect. You aren't perfect as a parent. Your parents weren't perfect. You're not perfect in your relationships, but what creates the health of a relationship and prevents solidifying wounding even deeper is having that act of repair. So like we said, you first and foremost need to meet the needs of your inner child, but also you need to make sure in your relationships that those, the most important things to your inner child are something that your partner can actually give you and do because otherwise it's going to feel, you know, disappointing a lot of the time. And it's going to feel like the past a lot of the time. So really being an advocate for yourself and your needs is really important. Okay. So let's talk about, and we've, we've talked about this a bit, but I want to get really specific here. So let's give some tips for how to know when your inner child is getting triggered and what to do about it. So do you want to start with the how to know? Yeah, go to your body. So you'll know when you're getting triggered or activated when something's really bothering you or you're dealing with an unresolved uh, trauma, wound, sensation, feeling, etc. because your body's showing you something. So there may be tightness in your chest, your heart may be fluttering, your palms may be getting sweaty, you may be erratic in your eye movement. You may have this, this influx of energy that's moving through that you want to move. And that's probably, you know, adrenaline and cortisol that wants us to move. And so just pay attention to what's happening to your body. You're in conversation with someone and they say something that maybe is really rude or upsetting or it's offensive in some capacity and not necessarily offensive to your adult self, but more so it's just, it's touched on a sensitive place within your emotional being. And you were fine before that, fine meaning that you were just attentive, you were regulated, you were soft in your posture. And all of a sudden, maybe you're standing up a little more erect, maybe you're leaning in, maybe you feel that your neck is getting tight, whatever it may be, you've got to pay, it's different for everyone, but you've got to pay attention to this. And that's the first step is learning to pay attention to the signs, the physical signs of discomfort in your body. Yeah, I think that's a great one. And then really noticing what are the beliefs that are running right now. So a very common belief that, you know, the inner child is running is like, I am not okay. Things are not okay. Like when you start to feel that sense of panic and feel like, oh my gosh, there's something I need to do. I am not okay. The situation's not okay. This is not okay. That's a really good indicator that your inner child is, is triggered. And then when you start going into behavior, like withdrawing or collapsing or getting aggressive or like constantly seeking reassurance, that's another, or, you know, fawning, adapting, being a chameleon, pleasing. We've listed some of these before. That's another sign that your inner child is, is activated. Also, when you start to sabotage things, which I don't really like using the word sabotage because I don't think we're ever truly sabotaging. What we're do really doing is protecting ourselves, but so many people know what the word sabotage means and what that pattern looks like. So I'll use that word for context, but more specifically what's happening is you're, you're wanting to protect yourself. 
And we'll go through all of these and much more in the Journey to Joy workshop. We just wanted to give you an overview. So then when you notice the trigger, let's talk about, okay, what do you do with it? So step one. Let me, let me just go back. I want to just touch on one more yeah. defensiveness. Oh yeah. And so for me personally, when I notice myself becoming defensive, and that may look like me wanting to demean the other person or be louder than the other person or emotionally hurt the other person or make the other person wrong or start shutting down. When I start noticing that defensiveness, it's telling me that there's something unresolved within me that's coming to the surface now because it's really bothering me. Yeah, that's a good one. So then what do you do? And again, we'll go through these in much more detail in the workshop, but just for an overview now, first step, get in your body, get yourself into the present moment because you are time traveling. You know, you are 40 years old or 32 years old or 57 years old, but really an eight-year-old running the show, a two-year-old, a 15-year-old. Their protective patterns, their defensive patterns, their sense of fear is running the show. Right. So you've got to get yourself, so you're not in the present moment at all. Your, Your mind is not in the present moment or your body. So you want to get yourself in the present moment. You want to put your hand on your heart, your hand on your belly, feel your feet on the floor, take a deep breath. Saying what Steph shared earlier, that was then, this is now. And I have an acronym that I'm going to teach you in the Journey to Joy workshop for for how to go through this. But just generally, you want to regulate, you want to really accept, you know, what's happening. You want to get curious with the inner child. You want to create safety with that inner child that, you know, I got you, it's okay. And you really want to ask the inner child, okay, what, what is it that you need? And then follow through. Follow through is, I would say, the most important thing in inner child work because I have worked with so many people who have great connections with their inner child, great conversations and dialogues with their inner child. That's another thing we're going to teach you in the workshop is how to have dialogue with your inner child. And they'll have these great epiphanies, but then they don't follow through. They don't do the thing that the child is asking for. You know, I can think of a client in particular that I'm working with right now, and she has a very unhealthy relationship with her mother. Her mother never really was loving to her. And she felt so much obligation to continue the relationship, go see her. And every time she'd go, it was the same kind of abuse, the same kind of neglect, the same kind of degrading that would just hurt her, you know, just hurt her. And we did an inner child session. And what her inner child clearly said is, I don't want to go see her anymore. Please don't make me. And this is so important because as a child, you can't go up to your mom at five years old and be like, um, you're really not that great of a mom. I don't really want to live with you anymore. And so I'm going to go find someone different. Like we don't have that ability, but as adults, we have the ability to not engage in relationships that the inner child doesn't want to be in anymore. And so my my client really listened to that inner child and did not let guilt and obligation and family pressure drive her decisions anymore. She really got to my inner child, this little girl inside of me, I'm going to, you know, put higher on my priority list than the requests from, and the pressure and the obligations and the guilt that's coming at me from my family. And her life has just shifted. There's been so many beautiful spiritual blessings and yeah, just amazingness that that's happened because she really is honoring that inner child. So it 
the follow through is crucial. There's a tremendous amount of courage that comes with that follow through as well, or that's required for that follow through. And as you continue to build that resilience, it does become easier. And something that also is helpful is having an ally while you're on this journey of self-transformation or, or, or a set of allies, people that you can go to, that you trust, that you respect, that can hold you through challenges that you're facing, but also comment and observe the the new behavior and the old behavior and, and give you insight into that. Of course, non-judgmental, compassionate insight, but that can also be very, very useful. And you know, in this journey to joy, this three-day immersive, we go a lot deeper into how to do that with great accuracy and efficacy as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope the wheels are churning in your mind. I hope some light bulbs are coming up. I just invite you right now to just pause, to close your eyes, to put one hand on your heart, one hand on your belly, and just take some nice deep breaths. Now as you're breathing, just really feel yourself in this present moment. Feel the breath coming in and out of your body. And just set the intention to just briefly connect with that little one inside. Even if you don't feel like you have access, some part of your mind, your subconscious is hearing me and does know that you have that connection to that little one. And just say internally or out loud, I've got you. You're okay. Everything's okay. You're safe. You're loved. You're seen. You're heard. And I'm here. And take another nice deep breath. And just notice and that just that simple one minute process, you feel a little more connected, a little more grounded. And if you want more of that, join us, Journey to Joy, February 6th through 8th at christinehassler.com slash joy. If you can't make it live, the replays will be available to you. So don't worry if you can't come on live. We're so excited to see you there, to support you, to really hold you through those three days. And I hope you got some value from this episode. Anything you want to share before we sign off? Thanks for having me on, darling. And it's a consistent and a constant journey. I don't think the word healed completely or the words healed completely apply to our life's path as paths as humans. But I do strongly believe, and I've seen it in so many different people and even in my own life, our relationship to the past can truly, truly change. And that sets us on a new trajectory for the now and for the future. Yeah, well said. And look at us. like We've been doing this for so long and we still get triggered and have our moments and our inner childs get activated. So it's it's definitely a journey. <laughs> It's a part part of who we are. You know, those formative years are crucial to our development in the way that we see the world and whatever's experienced during those times leaves a very, very strong imprint. And that's why I'm excited about Journey to Joy as well because there's an opportunity for us to go deeper into those imprints and let them soften and not, not let them be so rigid. Yeah, softening. That sounds good. Hmm. (laughs) I'm excited. 
All right, everybody. Hope to see you there. Have a beautiful rest of your day.